This is the Spapreneur Podcast, episode 157. Today's episode is brought to you by Demented Ramona. <laughs> to be fair, she has very tiny humans and they're around a lot. You can't listen to uh, our show. Hello. So I've not been listening to things because even if I listen, I probably won't remember. <laughs> there is nothing relaxing about owning a day spa. Serious spa owners know that being in the spa business isn't for the week. And the lesson in this was I didn't follow my own advice. This is the Spapreneur Podcast with Ramona Rice and Lynn Graves. She is the main owner of the company. I am the COO. I get to be emotional. Right. I don't. Spapreneurs. I am so happy. Like, seriously, I could just burst and die right now because I'm such a fangirl of these two ladies. I could just like scream and shout because one of the things I get asked about all the time is products. How do I bring retail in? How do I find products? Or how do I develop my own products and then sell them? And guess what? I'm okay at finding good products and I'm okay at selling products, but developing them and marketing them, I'm like, no, no, no. And then it was like a ray of sunshine. It was like, oh, the angels parted and opened the wings. And these two incredible women... And I literally cyber stalked them after hearing them on the Unstoppable Entrepreneur <laughs> Program uh, podcast uh, with Kelly Roach. And I was like, I must have them on my show. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get them on. I'm going to do whatever favors and, and things like that. And so I had to call their publicist and who's a delight. Um, but the product boss is here. And you're probably like, who the hell is that? But I'm letting you know they're here. And it's Mina and Jacqueline from Product Boss. I'm so happy you're here. Like I could just die. Hi, Ramona. We are ecstatic to be here. So thank you so much for having us. I am so excited because it's such a missed opportunity for our brick and mortar spa businesses to not utilize their blank empty walls in their treatment rooms and in their um, lobbies to at least have some amount of product, whether it's they're making it in-house or they're supporting small um, batches of products, like even just a little bit of a candle makes a difference because that's more money in your pocket and you're supporting businesses. And that's what y'all are about. You help product-based businesses develop and grow. You're the spapreneur of product-based businesses. Yes, we definitely are. Yeah. So we, you know, both Mina and I are product-based business owners. Like I no longer have my product business. Mina still runs her company, which is Little Labels. Um, I've consulted and coached over 2000 fashion brands and startup. So people who are like, I want to start a fashion line. I want to start a bathing suit line. I want to start a handbag line. And I've, I've coached them. So we kind of found each other in the world of product entrepreneurship. Um, through another person's podcast is sort of how you discovered us. Um, I heard Mina's name mentioned on a podcast. I found her in this Facebook group. I was like, Hey, I need help getting on Amazon. Do you think you can help me? Cause she was a quote unquote Amazon expert. And we just became fast friends. We used to call each other biz besties before we became business partners. So we love finding people who speak the same love language mm -hmm. as us, which I'm sure spotpreneurs have their own love language. And like, oh, we'd yes. like to add our product love language into this mix. And yeah, now we absolutely. have thousands, hundreds of thousands of students, I feel like through the the podcast, of course, we have lots of students, lots of um, people that we are able to impact because of um, our masterminds courses and that sort of thing. So we really do live in that product space and spapreneurs are, you know, of among our favorite uh, industries to talk about because it really is something where you can have product and you can have service and it really comes together to make such a, um, a good, you know, make such a good living in your household. 
I, I agree. And I'm going to tell all you spot printers right now, especially you massage therapists, y'all are the most stu stubborn creatures on the planet. And they're like, <laughs> I don't want to sell things. Yes, you do. And here's why. Number one, when you sell products that they can only find at your business. And so that's really important. Number one is pick products you cannot find at Ulta or Sephora. That's number one. Please, dear Lord. Um, number two, um, it extends the experience of the spa, extends the experience home, especially like my um, estheticians are taught this like beginning in school, like they're taught you sell your product line because that way you ensure results. But even like massage therapy, you know, we've got this great line. It's called Cosmetic. It's a CBD um, hemp based um, pain relief cream. I swear my clients are eating the stuff eating it because we sell out of it so quickly because it's so effective. And it's so great because we know they're getting lasting relief when they leave. And then they see that bottle and they remember it's, a oh, I got that de-stress. Oh, I got that. That's the spa's name. I got that de-stress. I got that de-stress. And that's why I love this topic. So mm -hmm. let, let's talk about this. When you want to bring in, when you're a brick and mortar and you want to bring in, and, and you know this because uh, bringing like a new line or, or what are the first things that you suggest that brick and mortar businesses look for when they're looking for a product line? Well, I think it really goes hand in hand with brick and mortars and spapreneurs because usually they're trying out things like what you said, and it usually comes with recommendations. So it really is about getting them to try things with the things that you have trusted. So they are more willing to buy because they already trust you as their, let's say the massage therapist, right? So how can they extend that experience at home? And for even when we saw in 2020, there's anything you can sell. It's not even just skincare or oils. It could be hot stones or face masks or ice rollers or whatever it ends up being. There are really things that you teach them in a way of how you're using it on them. And then it carries them into, it carries it into their lifestyle. So I think the first thing that you see is what we call product validation. And that is if they need it and if they like it. So what are your customers needing and liking from you that they, you get good feedback on. And, you know, it's almost like when you're an esthetician or you're a mas massage therapist, you know, the instant feedback is the one that's usually happens in person. And so you'll see that like, in-person trade shows, for example, or farmer's markets. Well, all of you have in-person feedback in a way because you have clients that give you that instant feedback. But are you asking from the perspective of, of the, the spotpreneur buying product to bring into their shop? Are you asking like what they should consider if they're going to go buy wholesale and bring it in? Or if they're, what are you asking? Yeah, I think that's the first question because th this is going to have to be like a kind of a two-parter. And what yeah. I mean by that is we're, we have some spotpreneurs who are developing their own products. And trust me, spotpreneurs, we're gonna, I'm going to ask those questions because I can tell you're going, I want to know. But for those spotpreneurs who have either never had like a wholesale order before or don't understand like terms and conditions of that, or like, again, just to even find, because again, you want to have products that aren't necessarily, again, at the Sephora, at on yeah. Amazon, that kind of thing. Like what's the first place? What should they do? How should they go about it? So great question. So I come from the other side of wholesale, right? Where I'm the brand and we were trying to sell to spas. And um, from the accessory standpoint, from like jewelry, we would sell to a lot of hair salons, for example, because they would have um, jewelry for that point of purchase or um, uh, headbands, things like that. Right. So I think what you need to look at is you need to look first at your customer. And what does your customer need? Kind of like you said, are they into CBD and sort of like alternative type medicines? You know, are you a natural type company? Like no synthetics, no parabens, no sulfates, that kind of thing. So what does your customer expect from your brand in terms of products? And I would, I would really identify, okay, my customer really finds this of value because I've been to really great spas that will kind of say like, you can choose this option or this option for your massage oil. Right. And, and you're, and 
and depending on where you're at, it could be like a completely um, natural product line or they don't care whether it's synthetic or not. They like the sense. So first identify your customer. Then I would tell you is um, I'm sure there's trade shows out there. There's some really cool sites that you can all use that are new that um, we're bulletin. So it's bulletin.co. Um, and fair.com, F-A-I-R-E.com are both platforms for smaller brands that those brands are getting on their wholesale. And then you as the retailer can discover per category and discover and buy. Now, also we have the shop one and five pledge. So our pledge is um, asking people to make the the pledge to shop one in five of their purchases from a small business. You friends are all small businesses, right? So instead of them going to the Sephora's and the Alta's that they come to you to buy their cos- their um, you know body product line. So on you could treat our, we have a directory. There's 600 brands on there. We have a huge bath and body uh, category. You can go to shop one in five.com, go on the directory and discover a bunch of product bosses that we work with because there's an, and honestly, another thing could be is if you find a brand, you might say like, Hey, I'd love to do a collaboration. Do you ever do white label? Um, and then at that point you'll have to talk through minimums and how many they have. So I think those are ways to discover new brands that are not on those big box shelves yet. And you can also then start to look at the, the brand's values to see if that aligns with your customer needs. Yeah. In those cases, it's, you know, the first part was wholesale. You're buying wholesale pricing and then you're selling retail to your customers. The second part that Jacqueline was talking about is called co-branding. It usually is where someone brings the audience and another person brings the inventory. So when you're co-branding, let's say you're, you know, you said that the day spa was called de-stress. Well, it's mm-hmm. de-stress, uh, de-stress spa X you know, whatever, uh, load tone candles or something, you know, and those come together and have a co-brand to it that, um, you know, the candle company is giving the, is, uh, getting a cut. So you split the cut of whatever it is, but they take on the risk of inventory and you're bringing the audience. Usually it requires somebody with the, with the audience, you know, yeah. And I love this because, you know, I was telling uh, Mina uh, off air um, before Jacqueline came on that at our day spa. So the way we do it, Spapreneurs, is I have some signature lines that we keep all the time. Eminence is one of them. And that is definitely not a small brand. That is a big, giant brand. Okay. So let's just get that out of the way right now. And then we've got a CBD line called Cosmetic. I mentioned it before. Like, again, the clients keep eating it. So we keep buying it. I swear. They're like literally sucking it dry. I'm like, like, I just looked at the shelf. It's empty. I'm like, how in the world is this happening? And it's like $40 a bottle. Like, like it's, it's not cheap. I'm going, wow. But for CDD product, it is. And then um, we use Frontier Co-op and Arcacia for essential oils and certain products there. Other than that, all of our other stuff, our candles and our hand creams, we we are a fair customer. And so we will go into fair myself. I like to go in and I look at the reviews. I do like to see if I can get samples whenever possible. But also one of my favorite things is before COVID, I would like to go to local fairs and see who's selling what at the local farmer's markets and the local like, you know, craft fairs or whatever they are. Never an MLM. Never. Let me let me say that out loud right now. Spapreneurs never ever, ever. Um, but I would see who it was. My challenge as the business owner, ladies, is so frustrating to try to get wholesale information from these small businesses. It yes. was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. So send them to the product boss. We'll coach yeah. them and then we'll send them back to you. <laughs> so back to right. me. Excellent. Well, so, I didn't know you existed then. <laughs> so here's what I want to, here's what I want to actually say about that. Okay. Yes, for sure. They don't know. And so that's why if you do buy from a bulletin.co or a fair, um, at least those platforms are um, overcoming that obstacle a lot of times for 
for brands that aren't set up yet and they don't understand wholesale. Um, you could go to trade shows when those are back. I do love that idea though of that local because there could also be like a, a local component to your brick and mortar. Like a pop-up. Um, yeah. A pop-up or even like a like we make an effort to buy X amount of products from local brands, right? And it doesn't maybe have to be in your city. It could even be like a state, like Iowa brands. And and that's even because what we saw during the pandemic was there was a huge return to local because we that's some of us, that's that was our limit wherever we could drive to, or someone could do porch drop off or porch pickup, like it really became local. So I think for a lot of, um, spas and, you know, salons and, and things like that, where people need to come in, it is very much a local community, a local customer. And they might really appreciate that you do like a, a honey massage and it uses a local honey makers, like product. Maybe they're doing like a massage bar or something. So I think that's definitely in the marketing realm, but you're right. There are a lot of makers out there. And I think that's something I want you all to pre-qualify when you're thinking of working with a brand. Um, we at the product boss, if they've come through our courses, if they're in our directory, they're probably more advanced. So maybe when you're first starting out, if you don't know a lot about wholesale and retail, um, you go with some more advanced companies. They don't have to be an eminence. They can be an in-between. And then as you get bigger and you really understand it, you could almost find someone and collaborate with them and say, Hey, this is how it works. Cause you'll know more. Could we do business together? I really want to kind of support your business and bring you into my shop and, and go from there. Okay, let's turn to tables. So I have a lot of massage therapists and estheticians who have come up with their own lines because they know what their client's skin needs or their body needs, and they've come up with their own things. And the client's like, I want to buy it. And everyone, you know, I I'm sure there are many people mixing up stuff in their kitchen sinks. And, and that's fine, like for small batches, but let's say it kind of takes off. And they're like, hmm. And she tells her girlfriend, and she's like, all of a sudden, you got like 10, 12 orders. That suddenly they're like, oh, I'm in business. I wouldn't even know because I guess it's not in my wheelhouse to create a physical product. I'm very happy going to the maker and going, please make this for me. I'm going to try it on my skin. But I know there's a lot of my spapreneurs who love this idea or who had to transition because of the pandemic to product base. If they're itching towards that area or to really make it private label or they're making it themselves, which God bless them, what's the first step? Like, what do you suggest they do? Like, how do they go about doing that? First step is always, always, always research, research, research. You have to research what's out there. So even if it's you put it into the Google machine and you're like skincare, clean ingredients, manufacturer, you do that, you know, and then you pull quotes, which means that you ask them what their minimum order quantity is. You sample things out. You really understand what's the ingredients. And sometimes those ma same manufacturers are able to um, do whatever recipe you want. Right. And they're known for private labeling or they're known for white labeling is another word for it. So you may want to Google white label candle or something. That would be another way to do it. So you're really finding those partners that can fulfill, that can manufacture for you. And a lot of the, you know, healthcare, I mean, it's been done before. Like if it's candles, if it's um, skincare, if it's CBD, if it's deodorants, even, you know, all those, there's definitely manufacturers that white label across the board for lots of different brands. And it's a matter of what they offer because they're the ones that hold like leaping bunny and um, those different things that might be important to you. Uh, no palm oil or sustainably found palm oil, you know, so different things of what is the value, the values that you hold and that are aligned with what you want to give to your customers. 
I'm going to take it a step even before that. Um, so Mina has come out with a soap line before. She has eczema, no, psoriasis. Sorry, mm, psoriasis. I'm sharing your medical yeah. history with it's the world. Auto, yeah, she has all the itchy skin. Immune. Um, yeah. skin condition, but we've yes. talked yeah. about it on our, yes. we've talked about it on our podcast and so she created mm-hmm. a soap company and Mina is never ever as a product boss going to be manufacturing in her own home. She will always source manufacturers or contractors where she will have them formulate. She'll work through it and they'll like, make it I for her. I just don't plan to be a soap maker. She'll never, she'll never formulated one. Yeah. But the other side are makers. Sorry, not to interrupt you. No, 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 no. I just want to really quick say, I love this attitude because too often I think that in order to really make a difference with product, I do feel like you need to go to professional when it comes to packaging, when it comes to formulated, you know, working with a chemist, like even like if you look at the story of Dermalogica and how they created that, they hired a chemist yeah, to come exactly. up with the formulas. And, and I think that's, that's important. Right. It's not just, again, a, a witch's cauldron in your kitchen sink. I mean, that's fine if it's just you, but when you're trying to sell stuff to put on other people's skin, like go with grownups, please. I think, mm-hmm. I think so that's where I was going to go with this, right? I, I think I want a lot of times, um, like a massage therapist is the talent, right? They're the one going and doing this, performing the services. So how much time do you actually have to then be in your kitchen pouring oils and mixing you know, mixing product. So you really need to decide as a, as a service-based company that wants to add on a product line, what is your capacity? It might just be that, you know, you have X like 30 rotating clients per month and you just want to have some product and maybe it's a super side hustle. And you really start to hit a number. You're like, okay, this is what I'm going to take it out of my house. But if you really want to scale this, because you all are the service providers, you don't really have the time that it takes from like the making perspective. You might, or you might train someone, or maybe your kids all of a sudden become your factory. Cause we have tons of really successful companies that we, this is what we do. We build businesses out of living rooms, but they're not also performing a service that it's like hour for hour. So, um, I think, I, I think that's what I want you to look at first is like, what kind of life and lifestyle do I want? What kind of capacity do I want to hit? What kind of pro like, where do I want my money to come from? So if I make this, is it just like to fulfill a need? Am I wasting time or am I actually wanting to grow this into a real business? And then you're going to have to, like you said, maybe go to the grownups or do it in a more business-like way versus kind of like a haphazard way. Yeah. Because again, I love the idea, like we'll use Dermalogica or Aveda, you know, those are two or Bumble and Bumble. Those are all three well-known product lines that not only, um, are product lines that consumers buy, but they sell the actual treatments and protocols and they train people on how to use their products. It's so they brilliant. I'm them. like, they mm-hmm. educate them. Eminence, like in order for us to carry eminence, like we just got eminence on our day spot. In order for us to carry, we had to commit to so much buying. And let me tell y'all, it's expensive. So go for your smaller companies if you can. But number two, um, it, it, we had to commit to so much training. And that's the other thing I look for is I look at the sales rep. And whether it's the maker I'm actually dealing with or the sales rep, because that can make or break a product relationship with me. Because if I have a good sales rep, they're going to know, like at Frontier Co-op, we, we talk about Jason Martin all the time. He's great because he knows what products we like. He knows what customers we like. He always is sending us samples. He goes, I think you should try this. I'm going to throw some stuff in. He just figures it out. And we've had a long lasting relationship with him. And I think that's something that's so important in this business, especially when you're bringing in like sidelines, like, like product, whatever it is. And by the way, product can also be because Jacqueline mentioned fashion robes are really big in spas. So if you have really mm-hmm. good fluffy robes, figure out a way to sell those because people will buy them. Can I, and I just want to jump in that you don't always have to make it or manufacture from scratch. Like Mina said that there's stuff out there. So I'll throw another place to you, Alibaba. 
right? Alibaba.com. You want to do silk robes during mother's day, or you want to do you, you provide them with a cotton robe, but then they get to buy it. You can put your own label on those. You can buy off, off the rack. You could, you know, they're white labeling. You put your own label and all of a sudden it's your robe. None of your clients are going to take the time to research. Was this also on Alibaba? Nor do they even care. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause they're what they buy is that experience. They leave the spa and they want to, like you said, they want to take that experience home with them. Um, I will say minimal viable product. So the coolest thing about what all of you do is that you get to test products directly on the clients and get immediate feedback, which is where I think we started. So if you're ever thinking about launching something, you get real creative and you want to mix up a new massage oil scent and offer that start using it. Hey, would you like to try this new scent? Let me give you a little sample to take home. If they start coming back and asking for it, if it turns to be the number one massage treatment you're giving, then it's like, Ooh, I've, I've, I'm onto something here. Maybe I should bottle this. Maybe I'll make a little bit of it and see if I can sell it. Ooh, it seems like I'm even more onto this. Now I'm going to go look for a manufacturer to mass produce this for me. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's basically what you're saying is, is that you're turning what you're already doing and you're adding to that. And I love the idea. Here's another reason why it's entrepreneurs. I love products is that it's, I believe in what, um, you know, Warren Buffett says you need to have at least five streams of revenue to build wealth. And so your services are one of them, but products is another. And at de-stress, you know, we sell close to, I want to say like, it, between, it depends on the season. It's between five and $10,000 in retail a month, depending on what we have in. And again, like I say, is we do it seasonally. So we will bring in certain things and we'll have more stuff, obviously, during the holidays and Valentine's Day because those are bigger shopping days. And what I try to do is I buy things that I know that can extend both those seasons. So it's not necessarily like holiday-based, but it's like, okay, these candles are red. I'm going to get away with also offering them for Valentine's Day without a discount, that kind of thing. You just have to be smart about it. But I love the idea going back to, again, this is a core value a spapreneur, y'all know your customers and know what they want. So if your customers are, for example, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm sure y'all have heard of the Malicious Women Candle Company. Um, they were huge for a long time. And so we we were the only place in our area that could carry them. We could not keep the candles in stock because they were so snarky. Fun. Now everybody has a snarky candle, so it's not special anymore. But just know, but I know that if I were in a different kind of spa, there were certain ones I wouldn't have been able to sell. You know, so you have to know your customers and that product. Yeah, for sure. And I think for all of you that own spas, you know, it's about the experience. I took my mother-in-law for a spa day because she turned 60, never have stepped in a spa before. Always thought it was like so extravagant, you know? And so what did I do? I actually bought the robes off the rack to make it feel like experience. I wasn't going to walk in with our own robes. So we wore those fluffier robes, which were like kind of like the upsell of what the spa was doing. We actually got to pick out the music that we wanted to listen to while we were in the each waiting room to get, you know, all these different treatments done. And so it felt like a really customized experience. And then they would ask us, oh, do you like this scent, this scent or this scent? And would you like to buy it? So it really felt like, what's your preference? What's your customization? Would you like this? Or would you like that? Didn't feel like selling to us. And I think that that's what you all have to think about is that how does it get folded into an experience? And is that the type of thing your customer wants? I wanted that for my first or her first experience, right? She turned 60. I wanted her to feel all the bells and whistles. So that is something where you have to know your customer for sure. So I love that. And then folding it into experience where it doesn't feel like selling. It feels like you're demonstrating or asking for their preference of what they would like. Love it. 
Love it. Love it. And that's such a great reminder of that whole customization piece because notice what she said. First off, they were offered the robes and like, oh yeah, I'll take a robe home. And then they're like, here are the three cents. And oh yeah, we have, we happen to have it in our lobby. That's not selling. That's just providing opportunity. That's all it is, is providing opportunity to take that home. And I cannot tell you how many times ladies, people will come in, oh my God, the spa, the spa smells so good. And I'm, I don't smell it because I'm here all the time, but I assume <laughs> it is. And I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's a combination of everything we use, but you know, and they want to take that home. And that's when I realized, okay, we need to have spa-like candles because if we have spa-like candles, they're going to buy it or like the re-diffusers. Those were super popular for us for a while. So it just depends. And again, I do like, so when pricing retail, y'all, it's really important that you also include the taxes that you're going to have to pay on it, the shipping, because um, it's not like you're buying from Amazon. Don't buy from Amazon to resell. Don't do that. Go to a local person. Right, ladies? Go to local. Mm -hmm. We like yeah, it. Yeah, no. Amazon's not for resale. Yeah. No, Amazon's not for resale. That's just a good life lesson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> neither is going to teach you max. Okay. Just don't do that either. Oh my um, God. I'm like having nightmares all of a sudden. Is this what happens? No, but I've, I've, I've been on TikTok too long. I'm doing a TikTok okay, okay. challenge and I see this guy and he's like, I go to Amazon. I go to this and I sell these things back on Amazon. I'm like, no, just, just stop it. No, yeah. no. All the time. No, no, no. Anyway. Um, my most important thing with retail is that you buy enough where it actually sells because here's my biggest thing. And I don't know if you ladies see this when you're working with brick and mortars is that when product is picked through, when there's only one or two left, yes. they don't, they don't move. No. And, and, and also from the, from what we coach our, our um, students on is that when they're going to sell that they don't just sell one product because it doesn't show the collection. It doesn't show the line. It doesn't show the use of it. Right. Like any of us that walked in and there was, if Mina had walked in and there was one robe, on the thing, she might think it's just a display, right? And there's different sizes or you go and like, there's only one cream, unless it's like the number one cream for like stretch marks. And you're like, this is, and then there's like a, a, like a image next to it. That's like, you know, Jessica Alba and her stretch marks are now gone. You know, like that would be something where you're like adding to the experience of it, but no, you definitely need more of a collection, especially with you all. Like you can create regimens. Um, just so everybody knows, I am an LA native and I live just outside of New York city. So I am like a coastal person, right? I'm like, Oh, hi spa. Um, you know, Burke Williams, like I am a fancy spa girl. That's just what in pre COVID I, I probably saved like a college tuition because of COVID <laughs> from the spas I don't go to. Okay. <laughs> so Mina and I have very different experiences with like the places that we've, we've gone to. And I'll tell you that like, let's say a Burke Williams, which is a huge chain spa company. Um, they would always do like, if I had a facial, they'd have a piece of paper with check boxes and they would just say, they'd let me leave the room. They'd bring me my water and they'd let me leave the room. They'd be like, these are the products I used on your face. Could I go home and order them on Amazon and order them online? I probably could, but part of that experience, you're like, I'm not going to get to it. And sometimes they would even have the products in a box, um, at the checkout. And then they would say, um, your, you know, your, uh, esthetician recommended these, did you want to take a look at them? And then I could ask my questions about it. And so, and they were very honest. They didn't try and push it all. And they're like, well, you don't necessarily need this. This one does that. So I think what we were all trying to get to here is that you're just extending the service to your customers by being able to sell them something that's going to help them. So it's never about being too salesy, but it's like, what can they, how can they either take the experience home with them, the scent home with them, the facial home with them, whatever it is that they need. That's, we had, um, 
Susie Weiss Fishman, the founder of OPI nail polish. She's actually my brother's um, mother-in-law. So I'm like close, you know, like, Oh right? my God. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I've never told that. I didn't say it on our podcast, but she's well, a family I don't think member. Your podcast would care, but our podcast is like, Oh my God, OPI. That's like, yeah. the, like, you know, one of them. Yeah. Oh it was my one God. of our big like lands of an interview, but turns out she's a family member. So Susie, when she started OPI nail polish, they started as dental products. It actually stands for OPI stands for uh, dental terminology. And they, and she realized that enamel that that was the first way to start doing acrylics. And she created a three-part system. She called it the rubber band method. You can listen to this on the podcast. And what they did is they literally door to door walked these products to nail salons and sold the product only to the nail salon from the nail salon perspective. It was not available to the general consumer. And then they got, and then she checked back in with them in two weeks. How's it going? They're like, Oh my gosh, this is the best. It's not coming off. It's amazing. And then people, consumers started asking for OPI. They would come in and they would say, I want OPI acrylics. And then that started getting OPI in the name of the consumer cut to then they start that's then they did lacquers. They didn't do nail lacquers before that. But I remember I would pick the nail salons I went to because they had OPI. Oh, you have OPI nail polish. That means you're a higher level um, company. I'd like to do that. And then they started selling them to you. Cause remember at some point we couldn't get OPI outside of getting our nails painted in a salon. So I just, and then it was a billion dollar company. Right. Yeah. So I just want you to think through like this was Susie walking Ventura Boulevard in LA with a three bundle of acrylic stuff back in the eighties cut to selling it for a billion dollars to Cody. Right. Wow. So there, you can all start there too. <laughs> and if that's, if you want, but I'm just telling y'all, if you do not have products in your spa and this is for any, any spapreneur, whether you are a pain management specialist, because again, you should totally be selling that CBD cream. We've got like, message me and I will tell you what it is. Cause again, we cannot keep it in stock and it works. I mean, it's really good stuff. Or again, if you are more of the, like, um, you know, Jacqueline likes, which is that high flutin spa. <laughs> Or somewhere in between. I'm an in between girl. I don't know. I'm kind of like I just like all spa. To be honest with you, ladies. Like, I'm oh not yeah, if I can spa. lay down somewhere and someone does some sort of treatment on me, I'm good. So let's. <laughs> I was in Thailand two years ago. Like, whatever. I'll take it yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, if my spapreneurs and, and spapreneurs, I'm telling y'all. First off, go into your podcast app right now, and you will search Product Boss, and you're going to subscribe to their show because I guarantee you they've got stuff that you need to listen to and you need to learn. I'm giving give you a second. No, no, I'm serious. Go search. If you're in the car, pull over. It's okay. This is an emergency. You will subscribe to the show right now and you will leave a rate and review because I love them. Okay. So you're going to do that right now. Okay, good. I'm glad we had that talk. Okay. Cause you're going to get all this knowledge because product is, it's a no brainer y'all. When you have the right products, it sells off the shelves. It, it's basically easy money. It really is. But you have to know the formula. The other thing is that I want you to go to their website, productboss.com. I want you to look at the resources. They have two cool things coming up. First off, y'all have a mastermind, which I love. I love me a mastermind. I host a mastermind. Um, but tell me about your mastermind. So our mastermind is really for product-based business owners that um, have momentum happening. So let's say you did start a product, a product section of your business and you're like, this is going so well. I don't know what to do. Um, and you need help in up-leveling yourself as a business owner. You need help in selling more of this product. And who do you need to build your team around? The mastermind is ideal for people that have businesses. You're like, this is, I'm on to something and I don't know what to do with it. So I would say the product boss mastermind, it's the productboss.com slash mastermind. Um, and then we all also, what were you, what, what else were you going to talk about? The resource guide. 
Okay. Um, we also have a free resource guide. It's the product blast resource guide. If you head to our website, you can find it. We also have, I wanted to add on, it's called a year of content. So it's a year of content.com because where this conversation went was it sounds like some of you are not in the mood to be like, bye, bye, bye. Like I, we always say it's like the traveling salesman with like the coat of watches and you're like, buy my watches. Um, you're not that right. It's authentically selling to your customer. I think so much so that people are always like, how do I, how do I talk about my products authentically without always saying like, by now and screaming at them from outside of a shop. So we have a year of content, which gives you a year's worth of content to share on social media for you to then be able to talk about your products in a way that's useful and helpful to your customer. And then there is a call to action to shop now. So it doesn't feel as kind of sleazy. I think some people feel like sometimes sales conversations can be sleazy. Saw the price of that product, the um, year of content. It's very inexpensive for all the value. Uh, it's $37. It's, you know, the cost That's a of, no brainer, you know, nothing at the spa. I feel like nothing you, yeah. at the spa is $37. <laughs> well, nothing so, good anyway. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I, I come, I kind of come from that of, I don't love to sell. I don't love to outright sell. And that's what I was trying to get to before is that one of my tips that I give everybody. And I think this would be great for everybody that is a service provider, a spapreneur, is that you teach your team to sell from recommendation. So do you want this robe or do you want this robe? Would you like this, this, or this? Here's what we recommend, right? Because that's really the core of what a, how a spapreneur grows, a spa grows, is by word of mouth. And that's literally what they're doing. They're answering questions. They're pulling somebody through an experience, they're asking their preference. And it doesn't feel like selling, but it's something that needs to be taught. It's a skill that needs to be taught when you go through a um, selling, uh, when you go through selling with your team is that you really focus them on asking the customer what their preferences are and say, would you like this or this? Here's what we recommend. And this is, you're always trying to get to what their first next step is outside of the spa. So it's, hey, would you like this? Oh, this is what we used on you today. And I really think that this would be the best thing for your skin, you know? And you've already, you know, you're obviously trusted by that person because you were able to be so close to them and they already will buy, you know, it's a it's a yes or a no, or it's a no, not right now, but you always ask it. And it's a skill that your team can build around. Love it. And again, I'm going to say this one extra thing before I ask my last question to these incredible women. Y'all did not disappoint, by the way. Y'all did you. not disappoint. I'm super, <laughs> super happy right now. I'm going to go home to my husband. He's like, what are you on? I'm like, I'm on product <laughs> boss. Okay. That's what I'm on. <laughs> so um, I will say when you also, when you sell product and they take the product home, it's a perfect opportunity for you then to call them two weeks later. How's that product working? Exactly. And there's another touch point to make sure number one, they're actually using it because people buy stuff all the time. They never use, um, which is glorious because really they come back and they buy still more stuff. It's amazing. Um, but it allows you to say, okay, I'm glad you use that. Let's talk about during your next treatment. Oh, I see you didn't schedule. Let's go and get you on the schedule. Oh my God. I just did retention with product. Come on people. This is not hard. All you're doing is providing the opportunity for the client to have the best skin, the best muscles, the best nails, hair, whatever it is possible. And you owe it to your clients to keep them out of Sephora and Ulta where those girls know nothing. Mm, it's not technically right? true, but it's a little dangerous. The stuff they sell there. I look in there sometimes and I'm like, oh my God, why are no and stop that. Don't mm -hmm. you want to sometimes go? No. And stop that. Anyway, <laughs> oh just, yeah. I, I mean, do. 
But there, yeah. And you go in and you ask a question and it's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm absolutely not getting the help that I want right now, you know, no. um, versus, uh, you know, I think Nordstrom's like, I would buy a small brand called Arcana from, I would buy it from them. And then Nordstrom started carrying it and the Nordstrom's would do facials for their best, you know, their best buyers. So like I'd get a free 30 minute facial to come use the products and I just have to buy $150 worth of product. And I would buy way more than that, you know? So I yeah. think, I think it's just exactly what everyone's saying here is just continuously being helpful. It is selling, but it's not it's not hardcore selling. It's being helpful. Hey, I, you know, cause we just messaged people today. We have a challenge coming up. We messaged a bunch of people saying like, Hey, just a reminder if you haven't signed up and they're like, wow, thank you for thinking of me. I'm so busy. I would have totally forgotten. So as much as if it was like a sit, a selling thing on our part, like a marketing reach, it actually, a lot of them were like, thank you for doing this because I, I needed you to remind me. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Mina Jacqueline y'all did not disappoint you are worthy yeah. of being here at the spapreneur. I'm so You're amazing. Here. I, I hope we can become best friends and one it. day do one day do spa together and we can I talk about all the things. Yes. I also, I want to shout out that y'all have matching microphone covers and I'm jealous. I don't have a pink one, so I need to find one. Yes. Um, so I can be, I can be a triplet there. Mine is orange. Um, I don't do basic black. That's boring. So we have other colors. But anyway, um, real quick. Um, this is how I like to in every episode is ladies. What is making you feel wealthy today? Feeling wealthy today. Well, Whew, this is a tough one, right? Because I've been locked in the house, I feel like, with my children and my husband. <laughs> oh, no. For 13 uh, months. Yeah. Oh, God. Do you need us to send emergency supplies of champagne? <laughs> yes. I feel wealthy for all the new people that I get to meet, right? We live in such a time where we can still be feel really, really connected. We can meet amazing people like Ramona every single day. And, you know, there's some, there's, the, the world has opened up to us in a fantastic way. So while we all were one way before, we've now adapted to this hybrid of life of online and offline. So for all of you that are moving forward with your businesses, you can do the same thing, the hybrid of being a product entrepreneur and being a service entrepreneur, right? The spapreneur. So I think that that is really what's making me feel really wealthy and still feel like I might is filling my cup up is that the world though it felt like it really, um, you know, it, it contracted, it still has expanded as well. Love that. What about you, Jacqueline? Okay. I'm going to be actually controversial here and Yay. say, cause I don't know if you've gotten this answer. Cause I know like, I'm like, I could say my health makes me feel wealthy right now, but I'm actually going to say <laughs> terrible mo- about your health. <laughs> I'm going to say actual money in my bank account is making me. Yes. Feel wealthy right now. <laughs> It's not controversial. Okay. I'm going to use foul language, but my, my audience knows um, rule number one, a spapreneur is we don't fuck with the money. Okay. <laughs> that's just a good rule. Okay. So yes, no, I am all about the money and I money's my favorite because money lets me buy products. There's nothing yeah, and, wrong with that. And I think that's a thing. A lot of times it's people, a, it's a tool. It's a resource. You know, I think yes. a lot of people are raised in a lot of different ways about believing, having their beliefs about money. But if you're all working and you have your own business and you're entrepreneurs, the whole goal is that you're profitable and you're starting to generate revenue and you're living the life that you wanted to build. Cause otherwise you are the worst boss you've ever had, right? You're underpaid. You're working all the time. Why? Like, why are we now working for ourselves if it's worse than when we worked for somebody else? So, um, even if all of the money in our bank accounts is different for everybody, right? Like that revenue level, that number that makes you feel wealthy looks different for everyone. Um, so, so for me, I'm in a place that's comfortable enough that I've seen the fruits of our labor really start to turn around. And plus we saved on, <laughs> sorry, spa people. Cause I know I haven't gone to your spas because where I live, it's been completely shut down, but there's been things that we've saved on and also things that we've decided are really important to us. And last year was amazing for our business and amazing for our product-based business owners. Like 
even service people that added product on started seeing a whole new, like you said, stream of revenue coming in that they could have never believed that would happen. And they would have never done it had we not had the shutdown. So I think that that is something like a year and change into the pandemic. My husband's a Broadway actor. He has not worked in a year, but my business has grown and I've been able to support our family. And not only that, but kind of start to um, create wealth for us. So what's making me feel wealthy is feeling wealthy. So I, I love, I love it because again, like you said, and this is something that we believe here at Spopreneur is that wealth is a very individualistic answer, but it's okay to be wealthy. Never apologize for being wealthy, whatever that means to you. And that's why I always ask this question. So I personally love it. That's your truth. And yes, I'm very excited. Broadway will be opening soon. I'm sure you are too. One, so your husband can work Two, So he can get out of your house. We love your gonna, and luckily if my kids, yeah if my kids are back in school he can go back to work if he's they're not back in school sorry broadway you cannot have him back <laughs> you cannot have him i'm so sorry broadway. they are the product boss i love them they are totally worth me stalking them and thanks to their publicist who is actually listening in on the call for not going who is this crazy lady with her tiny podcast asking for their my clients to come on seriously y'all did not disappoint head over to productboss.com this is episode 157 of the spapreneur podcast real quick if you've not already join Spapreneur Alliance. It's my free Facebook group where I will be talking more about how much I love these women. I will be gushing over them for like months and months and months and saying, go listen to this episode, go listen to this episode. There's so many good tidbits. And again, reminder, what's your to-do list if you haven't done already? Because I know some of you did not pay attention to me. You're going to go to their podcast right now and you're going to subscribe. You're going to do it or I will know. And I will be sending just bad voodoo thoughts to you. So subscribe because Knowledge is power. Power is pizza. Pizza is knowledge. Knowledge is life. I don't know. This is the April Ludgate quote from Parks and Rec. I'm just very excited y'all are here. Anyway, um, wrapping this up again. Thank you all so much for being on my podcast today. Thank you, thank you so, so much. Fun. We had so much fun. Need more actionable steps to get your spa headed in the right direction? Head to spapreneur.com where we've got the tools, tricks, and methods to make your spa as successful as it can be. Spapreneur.com.